Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Ubaid Al-Badur. Ubaid is a freelance photographer whose focus lies in capturing both landscapes and cultures. Over the last four years, he has worked and shot for some of the world's largest brands such as Apple, Sony, National Geographic, and many more. His mission through his work is to showcase the diverse and natural beauty of the Arab world to the rest. And in addition, he recently launched his new initiative, A Better Thousand, which is a photography community that aims to connect people, share knowledge, and capture beautiful pictures across a variety of themes. During this episode, we discuss how his photography career has evolved over the years. We talk about the differences in approach and technique when shooting for cultures, landscapes, people, and what it takes to capture that perfect shot. And the last message he wanted to share is no matter what you're doing in life, no matter your profession, just remember to take it slow and enjoy the ride. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Ubaid Al-Badur. Thanks for having me, Khalid. Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. So for the people who don't know, Ubaid is a good, a good friend of one of our mutual friends, taught it. And he told me about you and, you know, that you're a photographer. And I took a look at the stuff you do, man. And it's, mashallah, like it's really, really, really good. I'm not, I, but I'm not probably the best judge because I, <laughs> I think anything looks good. As you know, he was actually, before the show started, he was the one helping me out with the camera, guys. So I got some, hopefully this episode comes out better <laughs> than the other ones. But before we get into everything, Arbaid, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Okay, sure. Uh... Again, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Ubaid Al Badur. I'm Emirati. Uh, I couldn't find a clean kandora to wear today, so I'm sorry for the server. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know, Eid, all the kandoras are still coming in. So of course, I'm, of I'm, course. I'm 29. I'm Emirati. My mom's originally Egyptian, but she's been in the country since the 60s. Okay. And um, yeah, I think uh, I was a corporate banker uh, before okay. going into my freelance photography career. I think now I'm transitioning into establishing a like a production agency, more nice. like an agency, awesome. uh, instead of having it, you know, just as a solo name, yeah. just because it opens up a bit more opportunities. Sure. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's it so far, man. And thanks for liking the photos. I mean, I try. I, I, I'm <laughs> glad you like them. <laughs> no, no, I love them. So, okay. Interesting that you went from corporate banking to a freelance photographer. That's a big career change. So where did all this like passion for photography come on, come from was it you know your family growing up were you always interested in that kind of stuff walk us through like how did this all start okay so like when we were kids uh there's always one part of my family would always be documenting our, our life like with video so we have like video tapes of all of our birthdays from all of our cousins and that's stuff awesome like that, okay yeah and when i was with my friends i felt like it was a shame that nobody was nobody held that capturing front. these moments yes especially this was still before everybody had a camera on the back of their phone yeah. right um uh, so I decided, you know, I want to do that. I want to archive the memories and, and I wanted to be the person who preserves all of these all of these things, right? And then, you know, I've always been creative as a kid. All of the early photos of me as a kid is always like drawing. There's always paint somewhere. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm really, I, I enjoy the creative spectrum a sure. lot. Um, I play the piano, I play the guitar, a bit of drums, trying to get back into it. But, you know, living in an apartment isn't easy with drums. So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So that happened. And then as I grew up, I decided, you know, I want to take this a bit more per like uh, seriously as a hobby. Because I started going to places and there's a scene in front of you you want to capture, but you just don't know how. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm always hungry for knowledge and hungry for learning. I'm like, you know, it's so fun learning how to... Uh, level up yeah, essentially right sure, yeah and getting a new skill to shoot scenes better um so that happened uh, i went into college i, I studied uh, finance and i was a, i went into banking because i needed the money money was important sure yeah uh, which is natural while you're still starting off your career and then uh, i came to like let's say a changing point in 
in my mid-twenties where I thought, you know what? I'm, I don't need, money's not as important right now. I have everything that I needed to cover covered. Um, when I was young, I was unmarried. I was living with my, my, my family's house. I felt like I have no commitments. I can live on, you know, three, five K a month. No problem. Easy. Yep. And, uh, at the same time, I got a lot of great opportunities for photography. I got into like an art program for a year. No I way. Got, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was in Abu Dhabi. I got into a national geographic show. I was, wow. uh, yeah, I was a competitor on one of them and I was a host on the other. And I was, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky and blessed. I've been on magazines so far and a couple of AAA titles and names and I've shot for Apple. I've shot for wow. Sony. I've shot for a couple of cool names in the past three, four years of this career. And uh, it's been really fun, man. It's That's really all, man. Wow. What a story. <laughs> National, like the name drops. I love it. Apple, National Geographic. These are not yeah. like, these are big names. Yeah, they're big names. They're big names, <laughs> man. So I'm curious. When you, so when you decided to take this more seriously, where, how did you feel about you're like, okay, money's not that important right now. But I think anytime someone wants to leave something that you, you know, that's structured and comfortable, like a job, and you want to set off on your own and do your own kind of thing, were you nervous? Was it really difficult? Like, how did you start actually building up like your like profile and like your influence? Okay, so my profile came in. I'll tell you why I started building my profile. First. Okay. So of course, most Marathi men who have a brother have to. We have a military conscription. Yes. We have to serve for about a year. And that was the first time, first time, sorry, where I was really alone in my thoughts and in my head. I used to think of myself as a person who understood like my thought process and, you know, not a lot of subconscious feelings went underneath for long, but that was a really big like wake up moment for me. Mm. The reason being is that like five days a week, six days a week, you're, you know, you're under somebody's command, yeah. essentially somebody's somebody's bitch like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Sarang's okay or yeah not, yeah this okay. is your show whatever okay. you like so so basically you're you're under somebody's you know chain of command and thought process and you have almost little to no free will sure okay um of course you know if you break it there's worse consequences yep. so, but essentially you don't have free will yeah uh and when i would leave on the weekend i was the first batch of all of my friends who went in all of them okay. went later okay and i was super hungry for the weekend man i was super hungry to have time off for myself mm. and i was thinking you know what since i'm out i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna go to all these new events i'm gonna go out and shoot this whole time i'm not gonna sleep but of course it was really you know uh like self-inflicting wounds at the end because i experienced huge burnout sure. but I wanted to make sure if I have free time, I don't want to waste it. Yeah. I don't want to waste my life. Yeah. I started reading more about, um, I started reading a lot more as well. I was reading into like Stoic philosophy, stuff like, uh, you know, uh, Mar uh, Marcus Adamus. No. Yeah. Marcus Adamus. No, no. What's his name? No, Mark Adamus is a photographer. Sorry. Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, Seneca and all sure. of these, the, yeah, the, the yeah. big, the big, four the big boys. Yeah. Um, and it's really thinking, you know, are you familiar with the concept Memento Mori? No, but please tell me. That so memento mori in Latin means uh, remember your mortality. Okay. Okay. So essentially like remember that death is looming. Death will always come. And it's very important and very hard as a human to not deny that fact. True. Okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, there is this exercise I did where I, uh, you kind of like take a page and you draw eight columns. Okay. Or sorry, 12 columns and you draw 80 lines. 80. 80, 80 horizontal rows. Okay. okay? And what essentially it's supposed to represent is every column is a month and every row is a year. Okay. Oh, wow. Assuming you're going to live to 80. Sure. You're just supposed to fill in all of the months you've lived up until that point. And you're going to visually see how long you have left. And that's if you live to 80. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so when you have that in front of you, you go like, 
Shit. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's an intense exercise. It's it's really intense, but it's really eye-opening. I sure. highly recommend you try it. Yeah. Um, if you're into that kind of thing. But so anyway, I started shooting more. I started going out every weekend. Nothing was like no majlis time, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't just sitting around, oh, let's go try out this new restaurant. No, I was camping every weekend. I was really being like in the heart of nature. And as I started going out into nature, I started wanting to, sh- to shoot it more. Most of my photography revolves around nature and culture. Yeah, I noticed. Exactly. Okay? Yeah, it's yeah. all landscapes and culture. And I felt like, no, man, Arabia is beautiful. I want to show Arabia to people the best way I can. Start shooting stars, start learning about the country, learning about the, the, the region. Uh, again, it was this thirst for knowledge and, and enjoyment of, of my free will and time that led me to this path. And... Um, and that took, again, like I finished my conscription in 2016, 2016 to 2017. I started doing it every weekend. Dude, I used, okay, so like work with, you know, banking life. I was, it was really hectic where I was. It would, you know, work would stay up until like 1 a.m. Yeah. You know, go yeah. home, shower, be back in the office by 7 or 8. Exactly. So, um, I did that for a while. But when the weekend hit, I told my family, weekend, you're not going to see me. I'm going out. I'm living. No one's going to see me. And I made sure I was out as much as I can exploring and then... Somebody was like, oh, you look, your, your photos starting to look like it's like from National Geographic. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Thank you so much. That's awesome. And lo and behold, three months later, National Geographic contacted me and they're like, hey, we wow. want you on a show. And I was thinking of quitting at the same time. At the same time the show happened, I got admitted into the art program I was talking about. Okay. That's a one year commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, things are aligning. I did have savings. I wasn't, yeah. It wasn't a rash decision. Yeah. Um, you know, I was cooking it over a slow fire for a very long time. And uh, that's that's essentially the gist of it. There's a lot of tiny details, but like that's that's the big picture. Yeah, happened. yeah, for sure. I, that's an awesome story. Man. I love how it's interesting what you what you learned from your experience being in the military. That like that wake up call that you had. That like, and I think that exercise is is fantastic. Yeah, it's I, intense. It's intense because I think like I think those. Okay, I'm curious. <clears throat> so I could do an exercise like that, but people we get. You have these aha moments, but sometimes they don't like stick with you. You're like that one day you get this like motivation, like, oh, wow, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then a week, two weeks, like a month down the line, you forget all about that paper and like what yes. it represented to you. So yes. how do you, I guess, but it seemed with you that didn't, that was like a sticking point that kickstarted oh, like everything. So that I still have that, peep, that yeah, paper. I'm sure you do. And yeah. I still fill it in. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's on the top of every notebook I carry wherever I go. Okay. And so that whenever, because most people generally carry notebooks with you or whatever if you're an ipad person which i'm slowly turning into (laughs) you know you can maybe do it you know like an excel sheet and just like screenshot it and put it as a home page but it's important to see it in your face yeah to be constantly reminded reminded. you know that is that was important because that is like a a factor that like gets me off my ass yeah you know because it's very easy you're a gamer okay i know you are so am i i can spend like 12 hours sitting down playing a video game oh easy no problem easy, right easy. i see i see the world of warcraft post yes stuff, yeah. those aren't mine they're my brothers okay but, yeah. but, but, but anyway, we're in that vibe but we're yeah. the, within that sphere right yeah, yeah. but and you know uh, i've learned how important delayed gratification is uh okay. and it's something we're not taught as much i think in upcoming generations to like you know like going to the gym you're gonna it's gonna suck but the long term, you're going to feel great. Your body's going to look great and you're going to be able to do more. You know, like working on the photography. Man, driving distances, waking up at 3 a.m., you know, hiking some places. It's not fun. Sometimes it's not fun. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, there's a lot of bad situations that happened. But the end results were 
So like the journey, the journey was really worth it. The memories were beyond; they're so priceless. Yeah. And like, if I had to do it all over again, and if there's some things I could change, if I look back in my life, honestly, I wouldn't change any, anything, anything. Yeah. And I say it wholeheartedly, not to say like, "Oh, live no regret." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not about that BS. No, really, like I'm so happy with with my character over what's happened throughout the years and how it's been developing, and I don't think I would really change anything that I've done. Yeah, and I think to I think. The fact that you're that comfortable with yourself and you're that happy with, like you said, the journey and there's the ups, there's the downs, there's those, like you said, those early morning drives that you don't want to do, but the memories are priceless and they've all contributed to who you are today. So it's pretty awesome to see someone who's genuinely that happy with themselves. Because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't, we forget about that sometimes. We forget that what was the journey to get to like where we are now, you know, what was that bad relationship, that failed job, whatever the case might be, you know, it's all part of it. But you mentioned a good, an interesting point. So delayed gratification. Mm. You're a photographer. Mm. So delayed gratification, I, the way I, I'm interpreting it, it sees it in two ways. I think it plays in your favor when you're being patient for that like 100%. specific shot, that light, that time, whatever. But the problem is with that, you then have to transition it into the social media world for like Instagram. And I don't that, have to. You don't have to? Or you no, don't? No, I you don't, don't have to at all. Okay, interesting. So there's a presumption that every photo you take must be shared. I would assume I would assume so. That would be my assumption. No. Okay. There, there's some things that are interesting. Also in the world of art, they say no matter what artwork you make, it's you know the end of its life cycle is it will be photographed and be put somewhere digitally because you know you can't display a piece of art forever in front of people, right? Yeah. Um, or like it's you know longevity. You know once it's taken a photo of, halas. Like everyone goes see the, sees the Mona Lisa, they take a photo and they dip. Sure. Um, but I don't see it that way at all because just to give you an idea, an yeah. example, like. Um, I don't know, like I don't like using Instagram as a as a base, but let's use Instagram, my Instagram page as a base. I have about like three hundred photos there right now. Okay. I've taken multiple, like if not tens, hundreds of thousands of photos over the past couple of years. Since I was a kid, like since you know I was really I had a camera in my hand when I was fourteen. Okay. okay. I've taken many photos in my lifetime. Let's say of which let's just be very conservative. Let's say 90% of them are garbage, okay? okay? Or are not worth sharing. So we still have 10,000 photos that are worth sharing, okay? Let's say of those 10,000 photos, okay? Or, or of that 10%, let's say, okay, so what 90% are bad, so 10% are good. So let's say another 10% are the pristine, the top of the top, creme de la creme. That's still 1,000 photos. I've only showed you 300. That's true. So I still have over 700 photos to show and it's still growing day by day. I like sequencing them. I like sequencing stories. I like storytelling. Like, you know, my, my photography transformed from showing a single nice image to storytelling and educating and mm. preserving and archiving. Yeah. Uh, which is the progression of things. Yeah. You know, like some people may do, you know, simple rock climbing because they would want they want to climb and scale a mountain, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a different skill set with that. And it's a lot of fun. The delayed gratification comes from my end because I try my best to establish my career to not be based and profitable off social media. It helps as a marketing tool, but that is not the end-all be-all. It's not the first and foremost place where, where I want to be making the money. Okay, that's interesting because I would, I, would, I would assume as a photographer that, that would be like your, like that would be the place, you know, to kickstart, like that would be your business on, uh, uh, like in a sense. But it's interesting that you see it differently. So walk through, how do you, how do you see it? Well, it does help, and I'm sure. Again, you know, so it's a so it's a marketing tool at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think the more active you are on it, yes, the more jobs do come in. And if even for me, there are some months where I'm. You know, there's a period where I just cut off Instagram for like six months. I still had jobs coming in. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, the more I'm on it, the more I show work that's interesting, 
the more I get it. But yeah. the reason why I don't like showing bits and pieces on social media is that if I'm going to sit down with you, like right now on this podcast, we're not doing this podcast over five minute intervals over multiple days yeah. or through cuts and segments. We're sitting down, we're being very intentional and we're sitting face to face and we're talking. Yeah. We're telling each other a story. Yeah. Either you're listening and I'm receiving and I'm taking advice and I'm listening. There's good reciprocation. Sure. Social media is just too instant and too fleeting to have this kind of depth and meaning. Um, uh, because it's a bit too short form for my for my opinion. And the way that the 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 tool is made is not for these kind of discussions and topics. No. Yeah. Right? Yeah, true. Like right now they're pushing Instagram is I think pushing reels. Reels, yeah. Which is very quick. It's TikTok. Very, yeah, it's like TikTok, Literally, right? Yeah. So they're trying to be that. So it's not for those who are truly interested. I, maybe Instagram, I put some nice visually things. Yeah, just, just it to, is. Because it's the game. I'm not very going to hate, you know, I, it's it's what it is. Sure. So you have to be relevant in that sense. But the stuff that's going to make you like, you know, that's going to, I essentially hope, give you goosebumps. Mm. The stuff that's going to make you go like, no way. Yeah. The things that's going to make you drop your jaw isn't stuff you're going to see on, the, on your phone screen. It's things you're going to have to go physically. Um or you're going to have to sit down and view for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's how I see it. Well, alhamdulillah, sure. that my patrons and the people I've worked with have seen it like this too and have, you know, enabled me to create work for that for that end purpose. Yeah. yeah. And I think you made a very good point that inst- like Insta- Instagram is very visual and it's not necessarily the place for, I guess, the kind of content <clears throat> that like we're having, for example, right now or something that has a bit more depth to it. Like an image, I think, can only... Like you said, it's fleeting. I think that's the best way. You know, you get that, you know, that motivational quote. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling motivated. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. five minutes later, I'm, you know, you're back to doing whatever the hell you're doing. Motivation is so overrated, in my <laughs> opinion, you know? Like, you know, uh, what is it? Diligence and uh, being disciplined are, like, highly valued. Absolutely. Th- those are what get you through the day, right? Yeah. Um, I'm still working on my end of that, of that you know, skill set. We all are. So it's very tough. Yeah. Especially with, you know, everything with TikTok and Instagram being so addictive. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, OK, I'm curious. As someone in the photography field, mm. as someone who understands this field well. Now, there's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of photographers in Dubai. There's mm. so many in like Instagram accounts where I'm a photographer, I'm a photographer. Mm. So let's say I'm now not like I'm a person who's looking for a photographer. How could I, dis- how do you, how would you like differentiate between okay this guy's actually good and this guy just has for example a page that might look good mm. uh from what i've seen personally yeah from you you you're the, okay. you, this is your field so you know you'd know better uh, i mean it can be hit or miss and nothing here is set in stone okay yeah obviously your opinion most people for example let's say i i find really good photographers uh either have a unique perspective, they're very diligent with their work, and they're professional, okay? Okay. So you can be a good photographer, but you think you're a gift from God, and you think you're better than everyone, and you don't do what the client wants, then you suck. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's very hard. Also, it was hard for me to come to terms with that, that, you know, what I produce is not what the client wants sometimes. Okay. Because it's your vision. Yeah, there's two different things, right? Yeah. Commercial work is commercial work. It's not for you. Yeah. Okay? Mm. You produce it, but it's not for you, right? Yeah. And then if it's for me, if I'm commissioned to do work for me, then that's great. But for, for, for uh, yes, there's a lot of photographers. There are a dime a dozen. And there's a lot of different industries. You know, there's like events, there's foods, there's like babies, there's whatever. There's, there, and there's niches in every of these things. There's a, my, my wife was telling me there's a, there's a photographer who's well known for taking uh, photos of women who like at the moment of their birth, like as okay. they're giving birth. 
Okay? That's quite niche. That's super, like, yeah. you know, like the hand, a handful. If she's good, if she's not, I mean, I'm sure no photographer wants to be bad. Absolutely. Everyone's yeah. trying to develop, but sometimes there's like an innate eye yeah. that, that you have to have or a way of seeing the world. Anyway, so there are them a dozen. Uh, I think here the over the market is oversaturated, but I think so for a reason. All the brands here, all there are all, all these major brands are here, all these, you know, there's a lot of things that Dubai and the UAE produces visually that mm. we need to show and share with the world. Yeah. And that's why there's a huge demand for all these like event photographers. Yeah, and, yeah. And product photographers and lifestyle photographers, right? Because this country sells these three things, right? Events yeah. and lifestyles and whatever else. Um, and some of them are really good, but how could can you get at like showing an event? You know what mm. I mean? Like, mm. Especially you know events here sometimes can be a bit rigid. They're not like uh, what's his name? Goddamn, motivational speaker, tall guy. Tony Robbins. They're him. Yeah, they're not like Tony Robbins event. Not every event yeah, is yeah, Tony yeah. Robbins event. You yeah, know, it's yeah, not yeah. like a party, super fun stuff. Um, but it, again, you know. Sorry, man. Like it's a, it's such a weird question. It's a, it's a it's a. I'm not very straightforward with the answer because it really depends. I I know some people look for photographers who are adequate who will do the job, and some people look for something a bit more, yeah. right? Who look yeah. for the artist and the photographer. Exactly. And to each their own. You know, yeah. everybody's different. Sure. I have some friends who are very good commercial photographers. I don't think their artwork is really great. I know some people who I. I don't ever want to work with in terms of photography. Yeah. But every time they produce something, I'm like, wow, I wish I shot that. Mm. Or I wish I had the eye to shoot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's case by case, man. Yeah, that makes, I, guess that, I guess that makes sense that everyone has their own niche. Everyone has their own perspective. But is it, I'm sure maybe, I think you made a very good point that I didn't consider that working <laughs> commercially and working for yourself are two different things because there's a client's vision and then there's yours. Yes. And if you're being hired to produce content in my vision could could you find that maybe i'm sure over time you've gotten better at it but at the beginning was that hard to kind of fight how you would have wanted to like show what they uh, put your vision into like what they had you know what i mean yeah uh oh my god <laughs> you know you know the you know when you're like i don't know if you know if, if you have the same feeling but you know when you're in your early 20s you feel like you're invincible yeah you know like yeah, yeah i'm not wrong yeah yeah everybody's opinions suck yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah i know what i'm talking of about of course yeah, yeah so i had to battle that part of my ego mm, yeah. very much and uh, push him out of the way thank god he's gone now and i can really distinct uh, like distinguish between you know, client and, and myself when it's for myself i i always try to make sure uh or my goal when when pursuing this full-time is to have to make enough of an income with with four or five clients on a yearly basis that the rest of the projects are basically my babies things yeah. that i want to do uh, you. and yeah. the and the five clients i work with are all clients and people that i believe with like sometimes they're friends and sometimes they're i consider to be like i consider myself part of like i'm investing into them yeah you know what i mean sure 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 um, you're a part of their like what they're trying to do what they're trying to do yeah. exactly and now alhamdulillah i've also gained their trust in terms of like abed we will let you use your vision here but i always go back for consultation and consideration yeah. like are you happy with are this? you happy with this sure. what do you guys want and i've learned as from from of course throughout the years and i and uh, one uh, one school of thought and one uh, channel i love listening to is the future on on youtube by chris doe excellent guy very like design focused towards client centric guy and i've started asking a lot more questions uh in okay. client meetings which is a very good thing and Alhamdulillah, it's been leading to some really good projects. And at least through asking questions, I don't have to get to the point where like, oh, but I thought you wanted this. Mm. I, I never want to have this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get it out of the way early. That's and I say yes if I know that they're the right pick. Yeah. No, that's a smart move. 
And I'm guessing also over the, when you're first starting, you would have had to, you would have been quite open to work with potentially any client. Oh man, I've I shot think, babies, yeah, I've shot weddings, <laughs> I've shot cars and jewelry, the whole shebang, man. Excellent. So on that point, what was your, your if in your memory, your favorite, I know that you probably have a couple, but one that sticks in your mind, what's your favorite shoot and why was it your favorite shoot? What was it about and why was that the favorite one? Uh, my favorite shoot was, uh, I had a shoot, um, okay, my favorite shoot. So, my favorite shoot was, I won a, like, a draw, a competition draw, to go with a company called Tamashi uh, okay. to Saudi Arabia. They were going to the south of Saudi Arabia. Saudi is huge. Saudi is, like, as big as, uh, I keep telling people, it's as big as France and Germany put together as landmass. It's massive. And... Um, in the south of Saudi, they have a completely different culture. So I got, you know, part of the draw as the lead photographer, as an all-expense-paid, you know, trip to that. But I have to provide them my photography. Sure. I met the people. I love them. I love their, their vision, their mission. And I shot people in parts of Arabia that I never thought existed. Okay. We went in August. And August <sighs> in Arabia. No. You think that. You yeah. think, oh, it's hot. Yeah. The average temperature in the south of Saudi, because the elevation is on average 2,000 meters, is 24 degrees Celsius what? during the day. What? Yes. And at night, it reaches down to like 17, 16. So you have to get a jacket. Wow. Yeah. That is a shock to me. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. Okay. So when we were there, we shot uh, a couple of like very distinct cultures. There's a there's a culture or a tribe of people in the south of Saudi called Rijal al-Tib. Um, there are basically men who, you know the Ragal Yeah. That people wear? Their Ragal is made out of flowers. Really? Yeah. And they wear usually just a white shirt and a colored uh, wuzar or cloth around them. And they have a very distinct culture where, uh, where it was essentially untouched by, you know, modernization sure. for a very long period of time. And I was, I, and I couldn't believe like these people are like essentially our neighbors and they're so close and I didn't know about it. And I was so amazed by the place we were at. So that, that, those three, four days, it was a shoot okay. over three, over, four days. Yeah. We were shooting different cultures there and just experiencing the weather in August was like mind blowing. And I felt like, why are people going to London? Just go to Saudi. You know, it's, it's colder in Saudi than in London. London's yeah, like yeah, 34 yeah. degrees in August. But that was, that was a lot of fun. That was great. And I find most of my, yeah, that was really fun. And the second, uh, and one that's also on par is I'm shooting for like another large entity where I have to shoot like, um, multiple landscapes are like time lapses of the uae throughout all over the uae in different areas that's sick. day and night all over and that's a lot of fun because i get to go alone i'm camping i'm by myself and i'm so just it's all on your time you just find the time and the shots and everything yeah, how to do it it's that's awesome yeah. that's awesome what do you prefer to shoot do you prefer because i like you like you were saying now you really enjoyed that uh the saudi trip because you know you learned about this new culture and with this new project that you're working on it's about the UAE and different parts and landscapes and all that yeah. kind of thing. So what do you prefer to shoot? If I told you, Abed, you can have creative freedom fully. Would you prefer to shoot like cultures or would you prefer to shoot landscapes? Because your Instagram's pretty mixed. It is pretty mixed. Uh, I was asking myself this question, like I think last week, and I was really thinking about it. And the conclusion I came to, um, in terms of preference, I don't, I don't prefer one over the other. Okay. I think the, uh, you shoot both of them for two different reasons. Sure. So I shoot landscapes for me, for myself, for my soul and for my heart. So for like times of healing, for me to get away, to realign, you know, it, let's say nature is like my compass, you mm. know, so I go yeah. there to find my compass and to find my way under the stars or seeing sunrise and sunset. 
again, it's it's the pushing beyond the uncomfortable to reach a place of gratitude and awe. Yeah, that's why I do nature, and the reason why I shoot culture is for the people, yeah. for this country, for Arabia, for the for the greater good. Yeah. Okay. To archive and to document and to to preserve and to show people properly. I grew up speaking English before Arabic. Okay. Really? So, yes. Okay. Um, so that made me understand like the Western mindset of perceiving things better. Sure. Unfortunately, in the Middle East, a lot of documentation we have, especially in the Arabian Peninsula, is from a Western perspective. You know, all of the explorers that came sure. in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. So now I think it's time. And this is something I learned from my time in Tamashi when we were in uh, south of Saudi with the, the brand um, that it's up to us to show the world who we are mm. and to document things from inside and to show it outside. You know, from the inside of the, you know, inside of Arabia and yeah. to present it outwards in the, in the best way possible. And that's why I do, that's why I do culture and, you know, that's why essentially I do and shoot culture and history. Yeah. So with like landscape is just a personal thing. You just love nature. You love yeah. like those experiences. And with the other one, it's about, you know, telling, telling some kind of story. Yes. Telling some kind of story. And it seems like you, I think you meant a point that I didn't consider that a lot of it has been from the Western perspective. So now you're trying to bring back. This is actually like where we started and this is who like, I guess in quotations, Arabs. Like, trying. Are. Trying, <laughs> yeah. Trying to, <laughs> so this is me and Tara had this debate. Okay. okay. And I, I have my perspective and he has his. So I have always been like, and you mentioned it a couple of times in our conversation. You're like to have the eye for like a shot or whatever. So I've always been, uh, I would, my perspective, I don't know nothing about photography, but my perspective would be, the best photographer is the one who has, how we say, the eye who can capture that, that shot that looks beautiful <laughs> without anything touched. No editing whatsoever. It's a purely natural shot. His view is that, yes, there is that, but also the ability to edit, like the editing in itself is an art form that makes a picture, can make a picture even more beautiful than what you saw it. So what... Where do you, what would you say? Do you hmm. fall more on the, the natural thing or would you say the editing has its own thing? Okay, uh, when it comes to, okay, I think I can answer this pretty clearly. In terms of composition, in terms of what the photo is like, the content of the photo, nothing beats the natural aspect of it. I don't like okay. creating uh, unreal situations and circumstances, right? Sure. Like I'm not about the flowy dress desert shot, you know, like that's not me. Okay. Okay, because that feels very... Doesn't feel real, you know. Like I'm not gonna wear flowy dress. And, I, I don't see girls wear flowy dress in the desert. You're gonna wear. You're gonna wear. You're gonna cover up properly, and you're gonna walk. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's just. That's just my jam, Ernie. <laughs> and the editing is fine. It's totally subjective. And the reason why it's okay is because we had editing tools before. People used to shoot on film. Film. Different films had different color presets. So to be a different character of of you know I want my the character of my photo to look like this or the you okay. know. So editing is fine, and I don't mind it. I just don't. And I do not agree with, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a moon from one image and I'm going to take the mountains from one image and put them together. Ah, uh, okay. That is that is okay as long as, you know, there has to be a disclaimer. Hey, this photo is called the composite. It's a, it's a, it's a, what's it called? God, I'm very forgetful with words today. Astaghfirullah. It, it's, it's a composed image of due to, sure. or it's a composite, sorry. So it's yeah. a composite image. Okay. That is fine. But if somebody tries to push something as natural where it isn't, mm. I get very like I think I don't use the word triggered, but I, it really upsets me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the eye above all else. I say that when you shoot nature, if you're patient, nature doesn't need Photoshop. 
That should be a quote, by the way. <laughs> that should be a quote for like for the future. Guys, mark it here on this day. In like 10 years, whatever our bed's doing, I want that quote to be remembered. That's, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, so what's more satisfying for you? Is it because like you said, there's time, like some of the shoots at the end, it's like you're you're happy with the experience and the memory and so on. But what if you went on a shoot? You're in nature. Fine. It was very uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you didn't get the that shot you wanted or you weren't happy with the final product. Would you still feel satisfied of the entire experience or would you be like it wasn't that wasn't worth what we were aiming to do? Um, um, so if the the end result of a trip or situation is unfavorable, the trip must have been a learning lesson somewhere. Okay. You know, so okay. Every every time I step out the door, it's a step towards growth. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, I've grown far enough to reach the, you know the tip of the branch, then onto the next tree. Or if I have not, I need to go back and reassess what went wrong and learn from that mistake. That I don't mind. I'm always I'm I'm very happy with going again next time and trying again next time. That has never bothered me. I never feel formal mm. as much as I can. I see a lot of people uh, going out and doing stuff. And I never have this, oh, I need to go there. I don't like the social media push in terms of like, uh, what's it called? Social media, this tourism, something like that. Sure. Um, so I take it easy from that end. Okay. I, I'm trying to really like take it slow and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, so that that's for me. I'm, I'm totally okay with not getting the shot as long as I've learned something. Um, you know, either leave early next time or, <laughs> or wait for the conditions to be better or read up about the place. But generally, all the places I do go to, I'm, I really study very well. Okay. And... More often than not, surprises are generally more favorable than not. Okay? Mm, yeah. Like uh, we were out going to shoot the Milky Way um, in south of Abu Dhabi, near Abu Dhabi in Al-Wadba, because it's quite dark there in terms of light pollution. And it was a clear day. And as we were going and we had no warnings happen to us or whatever, I was with, with my assistant. And as we were getting there, halfway through... Do you, you, you watch that Mission Impossible movie that was shot in Dubai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how BS it was? Yeah. You see that big ass sandstorm and how BS it was? I saw that sandstorm. But you actually saw I it. I saw that sand. It was massive. It was like a wall of sand coming from the left. We were driving like south and it was going towards... Uh, it was going towards... Like know, across east, you. Across us. And I was just like, no way. And it made for some killer photos, man. Oh, I'm sure. It was really, really, really cool. Very crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> End yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Had a good shower after, but we didn't expect it. And we still came out with some really good shots. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And I think something that you do that I also didn't consider when it comes to photography and shooting is you study. Yeah. Like you study before you go do a certain type of shoot. So not only learning about the landscape, when's the best time, weather, all that. So you're constantly learning. Like you're yeah. always learning about this kind of stuff, which is awesome. So on that, I think that perfectly fits into like that whole, when you step out the door, like you said, you want to grow all the time. You do it. If yes. that's your process, then that's then that's fantastic, man. That's awesome. 100%, man. Like, so when uh, uh, photographers, in some sense, have to be kind of like natural scientists because you have to understand how light works, where it comes from, what time of day it comes from, where is the moon, when is it coming, when is it setting. Um, I, I put this on my story a few days ago, but do you know, um, as the seasons change, uh, specifically from... Like uh, as the seasons change and throughout the months that happen, the sun sets and rises at different points of the earth. Oh, I had no idea. Because, uh, because again, 
Um, and usually it happens during summer and winter solstice when things start shifting. Mm-hmm. For example, I live in Mardif and I can see Dubai skyline. Okay, so I'm facing west. Uh, and in August or after summer solstice, uh, sorry, winter solstice, so like after December, I can start seeing the sun move from the left side of the of the skyline, and I'm talking absolute left, like you're like if Burj Khalifa center, it's, it's like way past. Far left, yeah. And then right now it sets all the way on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, oh shit. And then you know, again, as we're getting towards summer solstice, it's gonna go back. Uh, you can look it up if you want to just understand how the world is like in, okay. relative to the sun and how sure, it changes. Sure. But what's cool about that is that landscape photographers get to this point where you plan months in advance for a certain shot. Like a shot of, you know, I want to be in this position and I want the sun to be on top of Burj Khalifa or whatever. It requires planning. Wow. Uh, you know, I want to go shoot the Milky Way. The Milky Way isn't available all year, by the yeah. way. It doesn't show. It only shows up from March to September. Oh shit! Yes. Oh wow. Which sucks because it's hot here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but on the fl- and and the opposite is true. From uh, from uh, September all the way to the other end of March, it's available in the southern hemisphere. So you start understanding how the world mm. works, and and you start appreciating these elements a lot more, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot of yeah. Fun. Man, that's so interesting. I did like. This is the problem, and this is what we touched on today. Like when I look at your like in, like your Instagram, and I'm like. These are beautiful pictures. In my mind, this is what you did. You know, it was just yeah. like, you just like a picture was just taken. I but like to listen to your story and to listen to like when you said there's months of planning to go into a shot. Like when I look at a picture, my mind doesn't go there. Now it will because I understand. But that's crazy. <laughs> I'm glad I make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it looks great. It really, really does, man. Alhamdulillah. I'm curious. So you've been you've been doing this now for five years. Yeah, I think full time since 2017. So, so about four years. How have you like? How have you changed from like when you started to now in terms of like your growth as a photographer? Like when you look back at your shots from like 2016, do you look and be like, "Man, what the hell was I like? What was, like, not what was I doing?" But like, it's so like it's so far from what you can produce now. I think a lot of it. Uh, I cringe at like my work and industries I didn't want to work in. Uh, not that there's shame in it, but I don't want to shoot jewelry and I didn't want to shoot all this stuff. Okay. But I had to because I thought, you know, I still want to make money and learn. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, but now when there are very rare opportunities where I, I still get requested to shoot this stuff, I just don't share it because I feel like, you know, it's not, it's not for, for people I want to share it with. You sure. Know? Yeah. 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 Uh, but I've come a long way. Um, and yeah, alhamdulillah, I, I don't cringe at my old work. Yani, if that's what you're saying, I'm happy with my old work actually. And some of the photos I'm happiest to this day of or the ones I've shot in 2017 and then 18. Okay. I think those were some of like, they were like once in a lifetime shots, some of them. Very happy with them. Yeah. And uh, and when I look back, I think like, no, I had the skill set to shoot it as best as I could. At that time. Yeah, at the time. So it makes okay. me really happy to do so. Um, yeah, but again, that only happened as a result of shooting every Everything. weekend and every day. And man, I used to go, I remember there were some days where I used to leave uh, and go like camp in the middle of the week in the desert to shoot something, and then I'd wake up, go home, shower, and go to the office. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Damn, you really did it. Like yeah, you man, really I, pushed yourself, man. Yeah, I did. Shit. Respect. Fun. I respect that, man. I respect that a lot. It was fun because you you never you can't create more time. You just have to free up. You have twenty four hours in a day, right? Twenty four hours in a day. That's all you can do. How much? How are you going to use it? Exactly. Exactly. No, I totally agree, man. So on that, so what has been? I guess where would you say? You, you know, <clears throat> the work before you happy with it that was the best you could do at the time what would you say has been 
your the biggest area of improvement in like your work would you say for yourself oh man shooting people and fashion okay so, yeah okay, so i actually enjoy shooting fashion i like shooting editorial uh, style photos okay it's a lot of fun because i find myself uh, good in terms of communication and talking to people and models and i have a lot of fun doing so and it's creating beautiful imagery at the end of the day right something sure. that's really striking um using a flash and a strobe i was very oblivious and not very well experienced in shooting a flash over okay. the flash that's a whole different that's a whole different beast really like, yeah because yeah. it's it's one thing where okay i know the sun will come from one direction that's it to oh i can make this image have five suns if mm. i want to yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 you yeah. can be really imaginative and because of my experience with flash i think it's going to start uh, complementing my work when i shoot cu- culture in certain places because you know for example let's and no offense to you but from a photographer's perspective this room could use better lighting i i would 100% agree right yeah and now i understand why and where and how and what are the tools necessary not just how to make it look nice but exactly i'll be like hey you need xyz yeah production value is going to go up 100 fold sure okay that i've improved on significantly and i'm okay. very happy with okay so it's just so it sounds like in your in the photography world to learn a i guess new skill like you said you like you think like flash was like another beast so is it to like i guess level up in this world is it just non-stop beats that you have no, to like no, learn? No, no, so, it's so easy, dude. Oh, it is? I, I'll okay. be very honest. Like, okay. Being a photographer okay. has the, is the easiest it's ever been in my entire life or anybody's life. Okay. Because a long time ago, you had to load the film. You had to, you know, go process it yourself. There's a lot of problems that can happen. Uh, things are really expensive. Now, it's, your phone has portrait mode. Your phone has, you know, automatic focusing. You can shoot 30 frames a second. You get the right shot that you want. All this stuff is available. Sony cameras are there are some camera brands today. I don't want to just say just Sony. There are some camera brands today that have an eye autofocus. So sometimes you know you it's very important to get the person's eye sharp in every image. Okay. Because okay? it's a blurry image. You don't want to use a blurry image. Sure. That's like almost objective. Sure. You know, it's not even subjective at this point. And literally, if you just press and hold the button, it will track your eye. Even if you turn around and do 360, it will keep. It will know exactly where you're at. Oh wow. And it also can detect animals' eyes, which is ludicrous like if you're shooting a bear or a, or whatever it is it will find its eye if you're shooting <laughs> wildlife yeah yeah it's crazy so it's so easy to be a photographer the rules are very simple camera capabilities are like your phone camera is like a hundred times more powerful in terms of processing power and image quality than the cameras used to shoot the original star wars yeah I yeah imagine. you have to understand this yeah yeah so if somebody made star wars happen with like potato cameras okay <laughs> You have, you know, like the highest end. You have like a space shuttle on your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's all up to the user. Of course. So we, we are now in an age where it's a lot more user-centric. Okay. And a lot more like, what do you see and how do you see it? And can you do it well? Mm. This, is the, this is the challenge of today, right? The filters are easy. All of stuff is easy. Photography is a mechanical skill. Two months stops, by the way. If you really add it, two months stops. It's not that hard. Okay. But it's how you see the world and how you want to share it that's more important. Okay. And a Flash for me was a monster because the possibilities are endless with Flash. Okay. 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 That's why it's a monster. Yeah. So whatever you shoot, you'll be like, I want to do more. Okay. I see. It's one of you those. You get that itch. You're you like, get yeah. that itch. Yeah. 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 And you made a very good point that now, like the quality of like <clears throat> the camera on your phone is ridiculous. And now everyone, kind of, like globally, we all have pretty high level tools to be able to, let's say, if we wanted to go down the photography route. So let's say, there's a young and up and coming kid. He's learning, looking to get into photography. Do you need like nowadays? Do you still need to have 
all that like i'm sure you have some top like equipment which you would need for certain things but do you really need it anymore to like actually build yourself in that world would you say i i it's hard to say like if you want to make a movie there were there were, there was a movie that was actually shot completely on an iphone 7 plus by the way really yeah yeah like mid mid in cinema like oh it was, wow yeah yeah um it is possible but it required a lot of control over lighting because we've all seen what iPhone looks like when the thing is dark. Like when your image is dark, it doesn't show. Yeah. You know, it looks it looks bad. So um, so you don't really need it. I think to get started, what's nice is that the starting point went from like really expensive. You had to buy a camera lenses to like you already have it with you in your pocket. Mm. Okay. So you can shoot anything, anytime, anywhere. And phone photography is only getting better with AI and all that stuff. So it's a fantastic place to get started. Um, also the plateau has the ceiling of the plateau became much higher. Okay. Because of the advancements in technology. Yeah. So you can start off and be on your phone for like, let's say months or years before you go like, no, now I need, I want to go mm. up. Mm. I need the, the next step. Yeah. And the reason why phones can never truly replace cameras or solid cameras is because of, honestly, it's a matter of physics because a phone sensor is, how can I explain you can't compare a car engine to a jet engine. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Your phone is a, literally, it's like a smart car. It's like a, a smart car engine, you know? Sure. It's like a V4 or V2, whatever. It's like a, it's a very, it will get you there. It's a, it's a car at the end of the day. It will get you there. You know what I mean? But the higher end cameras, they will take you around the world. Yeah, yeah. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a, like a night and day level. Up. It's a night and day level. So yeah. you can see it as that way. You know, your phone photography, it will take you to venues within the area around you. You can create cool stuff. You can go see some fun things. But for you to really push the boundary, and again, it's going to be a skill set. You're going to learn how to fly the plane. Yeah. You need to learn how to navigate the air and yeah, how to yeah. get there, all this stuff. So it's it's fun. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, fun. yeah, it is. But I think you that's the best analogy to use, by the way. Car oh. engine to jet engine. Yeah. And so I know you, so in, I heard you mention earlier about speak working with people you like you know you like communicating with them so i know with like a, a landscape shot it's just you your eye and like how you want to be shot but with a person i feel there's a different set of skills or way to shoot that you would need or maybe i have it wrong yeah you do i mean with nature so nature is never gonna say hey don't take a photo of me yeah or nature is never gonna say oh where's your permit yeah. the worst <laughs> worst question ever as a photographer <laughs> dubai is too stingy with permits man Ugh. um they're different and they're good. And uh, yeah, they, they do need different skill sets. I mean, when you're in nature, you're at the mercy of the elements. Yeah. You know, sometimes the world just won't cooperate. Sunset is going to be like, oh, is it going to be a nice sunset? <sniffs> Clouds roll in. Mm. Things happen sometimes, yeah. you know. Uh, but with people, it's also a different uh, approach because sometimes they have barriers. Sometimes you have to have to bit a little convincing. And this is where it helps to be a, you know, مثل, in Arabic say, لسانك عسل. Like you have to have, yeah. لسانك لازم يكون yeah, عسل. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be able to make like people. Talk. Yeah, talk. And, and feel comfortable. Exactly. Make them relax. Make them understand that you empathize with them if they're camera shy or not happy. Or if they're not motivated, you give them the push. Mm. Um, especially because I take photos of people who are I don't want to say not generally in the limelight, but they don't know why why we're shooting them sometimes. You know, it's like why so taking and, a and, of me. and cult, yeah, for for these cultural events. So sure. It's a, yeah. So it's important for us to show them why and when and how. And sometimes it can be a challenge getting that information across. But it's been a great, you know, it's been a great journey so far. Yeah. 
I'm sure it's pretty rewarding when someone who is in that and you, you know, you like talk to them and convince them and you make them feel comfortable and then get the, that beautiful shot. Yeah. Just must feel so good. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, such, it's so gratifying. So I'm going to have three more questions for you. Sure. Uh, number one, so you've done Apple, you've done National Geographic, you've done a couple other amazing shoots, whatever. What is or where is one place in the world that you're like, my dream is to go there and shoot? Where would it be? Oh, I'm here. Here? Arabia. This is it? Arabia. Okay. Oh, I want to wow. shoot all of Arabia. Okay. Um, I was not expecting the answer because people are like, oh, I want to travel to uh, South America or no, Japan look, or look, whatever. Look, I want to travel the world just as much as the next person. Yeah. I, I have friends, alhamdulillah, I studied in the States and uh, had to growing up here, I wasn't confined to like the Emirati only club. You know, that, yeah. you know like <laughs> I have, I have multi-ethnic friends and people from all over the world and I'm very happy and grateful for that. And uh, I want to go everywhere just as much as the next person. But... I think Arabia is so, and when I'm saying Arabia, I'm literally talking from Morocco and Mauritania all the way to Oman and even maybe even beyond. This place is so undervalued and so underrepresented and underappreciated. And part of why I want to shoot here is I feel like it's my duty as a person born from this land and of this land. And I want to just show it in a nice way and just tell people, hey man, like, you know, you want mountains, you don't have to go. You don't have to go to the Alps. You have the Atlas Mountains in Morocco. You want uh, beautiful ski resorts, you know, skiing. You can do the same thing there. You want uh, nice uh, beaches and stuff like that. You can go down to the south of Yemen near Saqatra or you can go to Oman, which has beautiful turquoise waters. You know, so I'm trying to show people that what we have. And that's yeah. what that's what I'm that's like my prerogative right now. Yeah, that's the mission. That's yeah. beautiful. man. I love that. Such a homegrown like mission you know like yeah. to represent where, where this is where we come from my wife's not happy with it too oh, she's really? like i want to travel i'm like no i want to stay <laughs> okay do you, where would where i'm curious where would she like does she have like a place in her mind that she like i'd love to shoot there oh man i think uh one place i promised would go together this year is actually japan i love japan oh. japan is uh, oh. next level have you have you been to Tarak with Tarak to japan no or? i have i when i was a kid so i have with Tarak. okay we're probably going with Tarak. that's okay. why ah, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're, we're all influenced by japanese culture in some way or form i mean a lot of the music i listen to inspiration and films a lot of them i get from them because a lot of times their work comes with like such soul and passion mm. um i'm very drawn towards that and i resonate with that and there's a lot of similarities between our um social structures and cultures between specifically like the Japanese one and the ones from the Arabian Peninsula. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It's a, for example, it may dilate and shift a little bit more from once you start getting to like, for example, Egypt, even the Levant area, unless you're talking about very Bedouin tribes. So sure. like the Bedouin sure, Arabia sure, sure. is a lot more similar to like old school Japan in terms of like tradition and customs and family hierarchies and the patriarchy and the matriarch and all that stuff. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, that's cool. So there's a bit of resonance. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But I think she'd want to go to Japan and uh, I think she really also wants to go to South America because she loves alpacas <laughs> and she wants to be with a bunch. So maybe Peru. So that would be sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So inshallah, we'll be able to take, inshallah, we'll be able to go. Yeah, yeah man, inshallah, inshallah. Those will be two amazing places to yeah. shoot, no doubt. Uh, and so, Obeid, these are my last two questions are questions I ask all my guests, okay? Okay. So number one, looking back at, you know, what you've accomplished in the last couple of years or your life or you just you as a person for yourself, mm. what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I signed an NDA, so I can't say yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I signed an NDA, so I can't say it. So that's that's one. Um, 
that's one thing that you'll be able to see in October, hopefully. Okay. So just keep an eye out. Okay. And some fun stuff happening in October. Okay. But that 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 side commercially, I think uh, personally, I think just the journey of growth so far. I really felt myself transition from being a boy into a man in terms of, and also as a professional, like just talking to people, seeing the big picture. I know that I went from a place of you know, um, like I know I can lead now. Yeah, and I'm very happy to do so, and I'm really like eager to take on the responsibility, and I want to take. That's why I, right before we recorded, I told you I wanted. I'm in in transition of turning my, you know, my uh, my trade license into kind of like a production production house, house. Yeah, because I have a larger idea and better scope of what I want to work with, and now I know professionals in the industry who I really want to work with as well, and I just want to level up. Yeah. yeah, level up, man. That's saw, what we've been I doing for all this, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's a really nice story, and I think that's the most satisfying thing for a lot of people. That looking back and like that journey of growth that you're talking about, and the leveling up that we've been doing. And I think you built enough of our portfolio over the years that not enough. you guys are gonna kill it. You don't not think enough. So? You I will think never you have. No, no, never satisfied, man. That's the problem. I'm never happy. Like what I see, I'm like, no, I need to shoot more of this. This year, this next month, I'm actually analyzing everything I've shot and seeing what areas I'm trying to be a bit more technical about what I shoot okay. seeing where I can improve uh, and trying to build a proper portfolio for every kind of like subject matter that I'm trying to shoot so okay. I'm also hopefully also printing small like little magazines um, okay. they're cheap by the way there's a there's a website called Babel or something like that uh, or Blabble where you just put in your photos it's like $8 for like a 30 page magazine really? yeah yeah so I just want to print a bunch of those and you know it's different when you roll up to a client meeting and go like pick a car and then <laughs> yeah, a car yeah. pick an industry, an industry you know so that's that's the that's the agenda for this summer that's awesome man that's really really cool it's kind of and I like that idea it's kind of like you know when you go to the tailor and like you want like a suit it's kind of like that cloth book like oh what would you like yeah We've exactly this, man. These, and you just these. touch it and you're like ooh this, Ooh, yeah. ooh, this is so nice I want this one you know <laughs> exactly man no, I'm sure it's going to be super successful, man. Inshallah, I wish you all the best. Thank and you. for my last question, Raid, what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today? Oh, one key message I would like for everyone to take home today is no matter what you're doing in life, no matter your profession, whatever we're in, we live in a world that's so fast paced and it is so important to take it slow and enjoy the ride. Couldn't have said it any better myself, man. That's all I want to say. That's perfect. That's perfect. Obeid, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This awesome. has been a fantastic conversation. So much fun. Awesome. I knew literally zero about photography. At least now I have more of an idea of it. So thank you for that. Thank you. Where can everyone find you? Uh, website, Instagram, just plug it in. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, I have my Instagram website and uh, YouTube all on Obeid al uh, You know, if you just search Obeid al you'll find all three, hopefully. Okay. Make sure SOEOs or... You know, my search engine or whatever is, <laughs> yeah. is, is, is on point. So you guys can find me there. I'm very interactive. So if you have any questions, please just reach out to me either on website, on email, or even on Instagram. Don't slide into my DMs. I'm married now, you guys. But, <laughs> but, but otherwise, just send me a message. Questions, more than happy to talk and have a conversation. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Guys, you know where to find him. Please check out his stuff. It's really, really fantastic for any events. Uh, and as always, you guys can follow the podcast on all channels at hope.it.helps. Uh, Abed, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Habibi. Thank you so much, man. Okay, this is good. Thank you guys for listening, man. I really appreciate it. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.